Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Joe Sorallo back here with another Sorallo Sports Talk exclusive interview ahead of Super Bowl 57 live from Radio Row in Arizona. This time, it's one of the more special interviews of the week. The 2005 NFL MVP, Sean Alexander. Sean, thanks so much for the time. Uh, what's up, brother? It is so great to have you here. You know, I've got a few ties to those 05 Seattle Seahawks, as you're <laughs> you aware of, yeah. mainly on the defensive side of the ball. But, I mean, when you look at that team, that was one of the more complete teams yeah. in the last, you know, I would say two decades. Yeah. What was so special about that team and the way just you guys gelled on both offense and defense? You know, um, everybody had roles. You know what yeah. I mean? When everybody has a role and, you know, hey, you do this, you do that. If everybody does it, it works. Um, that was That's why that team was so fun. It was almost like we were built for that. And, you know, one of the, one of the missing pieces was it was a middle linebacker. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> so your friend, my friend, uh, my little brother, Lofa, he yeah. was like the last piece that we needed. So his rookie year, we go straight to the Super Bowl. And uh, it was just perfect. And I, I love that team because everybody fit, uh, fit their roles well. It's one of the more fun teams to watch, man. So, you know, it pains me to ask you this question, but what just what went wrong at the end of the day? You know, Super Bowl 40 in Detroit, what didn't click when things have been clicking all year long for you guys? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really uh, different. You know, you play the game. And so, you know, I would always say that you want to take ownership on your own self. We were such a good running team and mm-hmm. we we came into that game thinking that the Steelers were a bad pass defensive team. So I. Uh, I feel like we might have threw the ball too much. Yeah. But it made sense. I mean, we threw the ball over. They never really stopped us. We just didn't score touchdowns. And so, so that's one part. Referees had a bad night, you know. I, I and, will uh, say that is one of the worst officiated yeah, Super Bowls that I have was. ever seen. I it mean, was. we got to call it what it is. Yeah, it was. They had a bad night. And most times when a referee makes a bad call, they'll they'll come back and they'll make it up for you later. Right. But when you have – that was like the first time and the only time they've ever had like a – referees all-star game so all the guys that scored best individually they all got the ref that game and so mm-hmm. most of the times when somebody does bad they'll make it up as a group well this one everybody was kind of looking at their own tests their own their own score sheet you know what I mean? right so they made a bad call and then they would come back and make a no call and try to balance it out the problem was the bad call was against seattle so there's a flag on us the no call helped the citizens right. so when it get bad against us so it just was bad the whole night uh whole night for us and um you know, you get down and you wish you had a game again, uh, you know, you'll never know. But if we played the Steelers, you know, 20 times, they might beat us once. But that one was that night. That one was Super Bowl 40, that man. That one was that night. You know, it's funny because the past couple of weeks, so much has been talked about with the NFL being scripted. <laughs> and, of course, you know, we know it isn't. Anyone with half a brain knows yeah, that it isn't. it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. But does it make you think Jerome Bettis returns to Detroit <laughs> Super Bowl 40? Does it make you stop and think for a second? Um, That's exactly what the league wanted? No, I mean, they could want that. Right. But you got to come through us and make it happen. And so, you know, and, the, you know, there's nothing wrong with people wanting something or thinking people want something that's best. You know yeah. what I mean? Whenever Tom Brady plays, you would want Tom to win because best for the league. Everybody loves a hero. You right. know what I mean? Right. But that's but everybody still got to work. And the game is too hard. Like, you know, like we, we, we talk. They talk about me and having 100 rushing touchdowns. And they say, well, you know, you had a good offensive line. I'm like, are nah. you? It's the NFL. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, There's man. nothing that's like, oh, you, you just randomly scored 100 touchdowns. No, yeah. like, we bust our tail to go be great. And so nothing is given. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys were great. How much of that greatness do you think was instilled in you at the collegiate level? I mean, does going to Alabama really give you that much of an advantage when you make it to the NFL? I think it does. Well, I think what Alabama does is they teach you how to compete every day. Mm-hmm. So just like a muscle, if you learn how to lift weights, 
you're going to get stronger and you're going to be able to handle that kind of weight. There's amazing pressure to play at Alabama. Yeah. It almost feels easy to play in the pros. Yeah, I mean, well, when you go from Tuscaloosa, where the only thing that those people eat, sleep, live, breathe is college football. Yeah. That's the only, you're the only show in town. How many 81-year-old women came up to me and said, I'll die if you Seahawks win. I'll die a happy woman if you Seahawks win. How many times that happened to me when I was in Seattle? None. How many that times happened to me in Tuscaloosa? Twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an actual number there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. love it. Right. They're like, I would die an old woman if you a happy woman if you just <laughs> – Oh, that's a lot. I'm 19. Come on. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure, yeah. lady. You've lived four in my lifetime. <laughs> right, right. But when you look at Seattle, I mean, I think it is one of the best football cultures in the yeah. NFL. What was that culture like playing in the home of the 12th men? Well, you know what? I was I was very honored and proud to be the one that helped create that to be winning. Yeah. You know, when I got there, I think Seattle might have been in the playoffs three times. A lot of bad years. You know what I mean? So they were known to be average. A lot of, a lot of eight and eights in there, a lot yeah. of seven and nines, you know. Um, was Jeff Fisher there the whole time? You know, <laughs> seven and nine, eight uh, and eight career. You know, so like that was Seahawks. And by the time that we got rolling, uh, we had won. We had been to playoffs five years in a row, won the division four years in a row, had to had the trip to the Super Bowl. Like that winning was normal, yeah. and winning at home, like to beat us at home, was was uh, was rare for other teams. So yeah. so being a part of changing culture like that was amazing. And so you know, you know, you think of when Russ and Marshawn got there, they called me up. Boy, this water's warm. I'm like, I know it is. <laughs> it was cold when I was here, you know. So, uh, but that's that's a part of it. Hey, you walked so Marshawn could run. That's it. That's I it. I mean, that whole Legion of Boom and I, the culture. So, so I'm, I'm young. I'm 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Super Bowl I remember watching was Super Bowl 40. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. the only culture I know for Seattle is, is winning. winning football. That's right. That's all I know. And that's a lot because of you, man. That's right, man. That's great. Thank you for saying that. But that's. That's what we wanted because I come from a high school that was ranked in the nation. Yeah. Then I go to Bama and then I got to Seattle. I was like, where am I? Like, <laughs> where's lose, losing? That's not, you know. Right. Like We're that. losing. I haven't seen the sun in two months. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is what is happening? We were 6 of 10 my oh. my rookie season. I didn't know if I've ever had 10 losses at anything. You know Combined. I mean? Yeah, goodness. Like, it was wild. And so, yeah, like, I lost more in that one my rookie year than I felt like any other time ever, you know what I mean? And so it was a great learning curve. A lot of maturing had to go, but I bet. that's just not normal now. So you even take now, like everybody with this year, you know, lose Russ, get Gino, you know, get Kenneth Walker, you know, like, man. Right to the playoffs. And everybody's just like, yeah, you know, we get a, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a bad year. We start playing, we start winning. Everybody's like, yeah, but we're the Seahawks. Like, I was like, you see what culture's done? Yeah. Everybody's like, wow. But they're kind of like, we can't expect winning football to Seattle. Yes, you do. So – Pete Carroll, I mean, he's not even, I don't think, one of the three finalists for Coach of the Year. Is that ridiculous in your opinion? Uh, I don't really think about Coach of the Year awards like that. Okay. I think that he did a marvelous job. I think usually the Coach of the Year usually has the the, the most wins. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes. You know? so but like, right now, Brian Dayball is the guy a lot of people are pointing to. And you can argue the Giants and Seahawks had very similar seasons. They did. They did. I, I, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, just, I, I, I would usually vote to the coach that takes the team. And not only wins, but wins wins in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So and wins convincingly, yeah. a la Nick Sirianni. I would give it to Nick. You know yeah, what I mean? Eagles would make a sweep in honor at the honor show if I was the only one voting. Really, really. Yeah. I, I, you know what? That just shows the impact that winning really has, and yeah. how much winning matters to you. Yep. Now you talked before about you know kind of being an agent for change in Seattle and that yeah. culture. But even in retirement, you're still an agent for change. Talk about what you're doing with Faith in Football. Oh, man, yeah. So, uh, gosh, it must have been like 12 years now. Uh, I retire, 
uh, the Seahawks are going there. They, you know, Russ and Marshawn and them are going to Super Bowl. And and uh, I see Roger, who had just become the new commissioner. Yeah. Hey, hey, Sean, what are you doing now? I said, well, I said, I really just kind of mentor some of the guys at Bama, some of the guys that are, you know, turn the teams. I know some of the young guys. And I didn't have the words to say, but I, I can explain to them now. I, I started the PLP, the Professional Leadership Program. And it's basically teaching guys how to master the five Fs, how to master fame, family, friends, finances, and the future. And so what fame's really about is about identity. It's about who you are, what's your why, um, and then how you want to brand that. And uh, so I, I get guys to actually slow themselves down and make a decision about who they really are and understand their identity. Then we get talking to family, who are you responsible for, who are you accountable to. Your parents are responsible for you. You're accountable to your parents to go do it right. Um, you know, and then friends, who are the people around you? I just, you know, here on Radio Row, I just ran into my my marketing agent when I was playing. We get hugs. Yeah. He, he did all the Madden getting all the Nike contracts. Like, you know, it was it was great. But he was a, a friend. He had a role in my life that was consistent. And I always tell people, man, if you get those three things set, then we can get the finances because, you know, everybody saw the NFL broke uh, 30 for 30 broke on ESPN. And they said like 78 percent were broke or financially stressed two years after they retire. And what they do, oh, let's throw a financial program, financial, financial. It's right. like, well, that's not going to work if the person feels like he's responsible for all of his friends and everybody that grew up with him. You know, mm-hmm. and I, my dad had nine kids from four different women. So, like, that's that's my path. You know, my dad's close. My yeah. dad's close. I will say that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so would you look up and you're like, well, man, if I feel I'm responsible for all my kids, all my friends, all my brothers, all my cousins, all my sisters, yep. you're going to be broke. Financial literacy programming for that. That's for billionaires. You know what I right. mean? Yes. And so, so we try to walk back through there so that we can get them through understanding fame you got this platform and you but it really doesn't make sense unless you know who you are now we can get family who what kind of imagine what's your wife gonna be like can you imagine i still gotta ask myself that all the time what is my future wife gonna be like we've been married 20 years already 13 kids number 13 is on the way get the hell out congratulations i don't know if i should say congratulations or i'm terrified for you or or you you had the juice anyway (laughs) so but so you get through all that family fame friends finances i can finally get you the future which is about legacy yeah and about being a community influencer and i've partnered with a great organization stand together foundation and uh that and they are it's about 700 of some of the most successful businessmen women and philanthropic leaders in the country and they're just like we will partner with anybody that's going to make a positive impact on the community and on the country and i'm like man let's go do it let's get the nfl involved and so I'm walking guys through all of that so they can get to there and leave a real legacy, mm-hmm. be a real community influencer. And they've helped me, uh, Stand Together Foundation's helped me uh, partner with a group called Cafe Momentum. And it's uh, some people have seen me with the food trucks. We've been throwing some big Super Bowl parties yeah. and dinners. Uh, we're taking kids that were in the juvenile justice system, which they would call throwaways, because right. 50% of them are going to go back to prison. And we've put the ecosystem around them, social workers, psychologists, after school program tutors. Um, and it's in Dallas and they, the recidivism now in Dallas for the kids that go through our program is 11%. Only 11% are going back to jail where it used to be 50. That's common. And I just said, like, let's get the NFL. Let's get inspired change. Let's get the players coalition and let's put one in every NFL city. And so next this year, end of this year, we'll open up in our second and third place, Nashville and Pittsburgh. And then we have already set up for Denver, Atlanta, uh, Detroit, uh, Houston, 
Uh, and so, you know, the goals are in 10 years, we'll be, we'll have, we'll, we'll change how the juvenile justice system is done. That's amazing. Sean, you're doing great work, man. I absolutely love everything you're doing. By the way, if my girlfriend happens to be watching this and heard what you said about 13 kids, I think if I tried to match that, she'd leave me on the spot. Just letting you know. You ain't got that. I think juice. if I hit. <laughs> you ain't got that. <laughs> Last thing before I let you go, I've got to ask you would you trade the 05 MVP for Super Bowl 40? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, do I win the MVP of the Super Bowl? Sure, why not? Yeah, I'll trade. Okay, there you go. Sean Alexander, the <laughs> 05 MVP cover of the first Madden game I ever owned, by the way. That's it. Thanks so much for the time, man. Right. I appreciate it. Right, thank you. Go Hawks. We'll be back with more all week right here on Serralo Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.